Our first story is about a cop getting rich from racism. Former Assistant Chief Derek Camerzell had been given two weeks off without pay after putting up Nazi rank insignia on his office door. When people demanded more discipline, it escalated into a dispute in the city of Kent, Washington. Officials called for his resignation and didn't fire him, but this came at a cost. The Seattle Times reports that Kent will pay him $1.5 million to resign, saying, had the city simply fired him, he likely would have won his job back with back pay through arbitration under federal and state labor laws. This shows the strength of police unions and officers who can get away with anything from being openly into Nazism to killing black people with impunity. This man is a 27-year department veteran, and imagine what someone with such views has been doing on the force for decades. Surely he isn't the only one. We know policing helps white supremacists who want deadly power, and apparently it can make them rich, too. In other news, we're not being protected by policing for a reason. When police in Uvalde, Texas, waited more than an hour to confront a gunman who killed 19 children at a school, it outraged many people. It also exposed the harsh reality that policing isn't protecting schools or stopping mass shootings. There is no guarantee that officers will follow their training and confront a shooter at the crucial moment, reports the Texas Tribune. It's an ugly picture but it's one that helps us understand the case for abolition. Texas doesn't even require officers to train for an active shooter. It's up to the individual officers, courage and the state of mind if they can do it, Donna Police Chief Gilbert Guerrero told the Tribune. Policing is policing, not a guarantee of protection. The two aren't exactly the same. The system is structured to protect property and maintain white supremacy, not protect the most vulnerable. That's why oppressed people are usually the ones disproportionately killed by police. Policing and prisons don't protect us, but education can help. The New York Theological Seminary is launching the first master's program for incarcerated women in the state of New York. CBS New York states that for the first time in its 122-year history, a woman now serves as NYTS president. Dr. Lakeisha Walrand also serves as First Lady of First Corinthian Baptist Church in Harlem. As the first woman president, my question was, well, why aren't we doing this for the women? Walrin recalled. The one-year course is coming to Bedford Hills Correctional Facility for women, and there are high hopes around performance. This program acknowledges violence and past trauma, and that's an important step towards making a real difference. Maybe one day we can move towards a world where this is the priority instead of prison facilities that don't solve the issues we need to address in communities around the country. And now it's time for new ground. 
the Newgrounds segment features hopeful stories of changes within the realm of the criminal legal system. After the George Floyd protest, San Francisco began redirecting 911 calls to paramedics and trained behavioral health workers for a street crisis response team. This is an alternative to police that responds to unarmed adults experiencing different crises. The call may be about mental illness, substance use, or homelessness, for example. What the service does is it tries to reduce interactions between the public and the police, and in turn, it works to prevent violent interactions with police officers. Dozens of cities like Los Angeles, New York, and Denver have set up similar teams and it's working out well. They're not cops, but rather paramedics, behavioral health specialists, and peer support counselors carrying important supplies. They've fielded thousands of incidents since 2020 and not one has led to a death or an arrest. This is the world abolitionists are working to build. We need more like this and congratulate these hard-working teams. The State of Criminal Justice is produced by Push Black, the nation's largest nonprofit Black media company. Push Black exists because we saw we had to take matters into our own hands, especially when it comes to protecting our communities. As a nonprofit, we rely on small donations from subscribers like you. You make Push Black happen with your contributions at stateofcriminaljustice.com. There is a better future on the horizon through the efforts to dismantle the oppressive system targeting Black America. It happens when all of our thumbs are on the pulse. That's it for this week's State of Criminal Justice. Thanks for tuning in. Want more State of Criminal Justice? Hit the subscribe button to get notifications when a new episode is ready to view.